0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, where
1: are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on eight. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times, eight, I don't a lot of stairs. That's the point. I've
0: already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield federal employee program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at slash choose blue by December 11th.
1: You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings
0: podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
1: Pleasure to be with you on Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm the host, Sam Ekstrom, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. Follow the network at Locked On Network. We have great web partners, DraftBreakdown.com, today's Pigskin.com amongst them. I'm a writer for ColdOmaha.com and the Cumulus Media Network. Broadcasting today from the Cumulus Studios. I mentioned many times that I'm on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom, and some days I wish I had a lot of clout. Some days I wish that my tweets could start trends worldwide. I wish I was Jimmy Fallon or something. But sometimes I'm glad that I'm just the little Twitter plebe with his 1,300 followers and not having the capacity to rock the boat like Adrian Peterson did last night. Tweet number one from AP. This occurred at 8.39 p.m. Quote, the Giants been making some interesting moves. Allegedly, what he's referring to is the New York Giants releasing Victor Cruz, the wide receiver, and more notably, the running back, Rashad Jennings put two and two together. Adrian Peterson mentioned on first take on ESPN a while back that the Giants would be a team that he would consider. So he sees a running back released two days ago and he tweets it. I, I chose to speculate on Twitter that Adrian might just be referring to the San Francisco Giants. You know, they signed a minor league pitcher yesterday They signed Gordon Beckham to a minor league deal last week. Maybe he's a big San Francisco Giants fan. But at any rate, people latch onto this tweet. They start jumping on Adrian's back over it, which you have to expect. When you drop something like that on Twitter, most sane people would expect to get blowback. So then Peterson sees the negativity And tweets out, that fast they'll change on you. Not all fans, but the fake ones. As he quotes to a tweet that has since been deleted by, I'm sure, a terrified fan. So what do we have here? What we have here, number one, is a glory day for any clickbait website who's trying to gain traffic. The fact is, is that if you put Adrian Peterson in your headline, you are automatically going to skyrocket in views. What did Adrian Peterson tweet this time? He has a history of going rogue on Twitter, especially when he's not happy with the Minnesota Vikings. It's like his public vessel of venting. He did this when he was holding out prior to the 2015 season. He would vent about non-guaranteed contracts and all that. I'm sure that is still stuck in his craw because right now he's dealing with a non-guaranteed contract that's probably going to cost him eight figures in income. Decision 2017 is coming for the Minnesota Vikings. They owe Peterson the roster bonus in March, less than a month away. They probably don't want to pay it. So negotiations are going to happen quickly. Sometimes I don't think Adrian really understands the consequences, though, or necessarily the circumstances here. If Adrian's trying to create leverage with the Minnesota Vikings, which seems to be the case, he's trying to create some sort of doubt or panic, which he did with the first take show. Again, I think he's overinflating his worth. Adrian Peterson's greatest value to the Minnesota Vikings is his legacy. Having a player of his former caliber and possibly current caliber is important to the franchise, he's extremely marketable, and his jersey is seen on about 60% of fans who attend the games. But when your most important asset is your legacy and your relationship with the fan base, and you start ticking off fans with your social media activities that makes it all the easier for the Vikings to say, we don't necessarily need you anymore. Adrian Vikings have a tantalizing decision. If they, if they just cut that 18 million, they've suddenly got 40 million in cap space and they've got an important off season. And is it really worth catering to this guy anymore? And don't get me wrong. Adrian's a great talent. And If he goes somewhere else and he gets a good offensive line, he might be really good. But you got to understand the numbers here. It's also interesting because Adrian claims to care a lot about his legacy, but he continues to do things that damage his legacy. Prior to child abuse allegations, Adrian was basically untouchable in this market. I think people forgave him for the fumbles in the '09 9 FC championship game. They were super high off the 2012 miracle season. But post-child abuse, he lost a lot of fans at that point, And I think he got quite a few of them back. But he's on a much shorter leash. So when you do things on the field that are foolish or off the field that are foolish, you're going to be more greatly critiqued. And... On average, over the past three years, there have been more things that have been alarming about Peterson than have been productive. So the Vikings are calculating the sum of the parts of late. Their decision seems to be getting easier and easier in my mind. I feel pretty confident the Vikings will offer Peterson something, but I'm not sure it's going to be a plea. It'll be more like a courtesy. So those are the Adrian Peterson two cents for the morning on Lockdown Vikings.
0: the list
1: a couple quick player evals and then we'll move into our fa of the day where we take a look at some of the free agency targets let's conclude our specialists evaluations with kevin mcdermott the long snapper has now spent two years in minnesota long snapper might be one of the most difficult positions to evaluate with the naked eye obviously if you see a poor snap that's on the long snapper but there's a whole lot more that goes into it it's all about timing. It's about spiral. How is the holder getting the ball down? How is the punter receiving your snaps? To my understanding, they go back and they time the snaps. They make sure that they are getting there swiftly. And all indications are that Kevin McDermott has, been, has done a very good job for the Vikings. That's why they extended him to a four-year, $4 million deal. He is due about $1 million each of the next three years and he'll be a free agent in 2021. Between McDermott, Locke, and Forbath, there's a lot of UCLA chemistry, which I think lends to the possibility the Vikings offer Jeff Locke a contract and get the gang back together. McDermott, though, 27 years old, great, great guy, and the type of presence that you would like to have around your kicker because he's positive, he can be uplifting, And if you have a kicker that struggles a bit, like Blair Walsh did, you need someone to pick them up. On the offensive side, how about Taylor Heineke, the third-string quarterback last year who missed half the season due to an ankle-tendon sever. Reportedly, Heineke kicked a door in when he was back home during the offseason and had some glass lacerate his leg. Bad situation for Heineke especially when he seemed to have favor in the Vikings organization. He may have been elevated to number two spot on the depth chart had he been healthy. That wasn't the case. Didn't see any time and didn't get the preseason reps either. Instead, those went to Joel Stave. Heineke is in the final year of a three-year, $1.585 million contract. He'll be making just over $600,000. Tough to see Heineke really being in any different role this season. It would require a lot of faith for the Vikings to give the keys to Heineke for the backup job without really having seen much of him last season, especially not in the preseason. I would imagine they bring in somebody to compete. Maybe Heineke wins that job in the preseason. Maybe he takes over number two, and then you've got another rookie, maybe UDFA, as your number three guy. But his ceiling this year would probably be a backup quarterback, obviously in relief of Sam Bradford. And how about on the defensive side, safety J. Ron Curse, drafted in the seventh round out of Clemson. J. Ron Curse, the freakishly tall safety, played sparingly for the Vikings in the regular season, but the 23-year-old was phenomenal in the preseason splashed all over the place giving vikings fans hope i think that he can be a productive safety at some point technically speaking though against starting caliber players he still has work to do he took some bad angles and made some silly decisions in his limited playing time this year mike zimmer was exasperated which may have cost cursed future time it was then given to anthony harris curse of course still has a lot of time left on his rookie deal He will be a free agent in 2020. He'll be making just over a half a million dollars this season. It's Locked On Vikings, Locked On Podcast Network. You can advertise on the show, LockedOnVikings at gmail.com to get in contact. Off the rumor mill yesterday, and this went around the web as well, Matt Venzel, Star Tribune, publishing a story yesterday morning. That indicates Captain Munerlin may not return. It was not based on a source, just on speculation, though. The Vikings reportedly had interest in Kawan Williams, the 25-year-old former Browns cornerback, and they're doing their research as a possible replacement for Captain Munerlin. Maybe Munerlin has indicated that his price tag is going to be too steep. Either way, I think that'd be a pretty big loss for the Vikings to no longer have Munerlin who seemed to get better every year he was in Minnesota. Final item today, it's our FA of the day, where we take a look at trendy free agent targets and discuss whether they fit with Minnesota. If you're talking trendy, I think number one is probably Andrew Whitworth, the Cincinnati Bengals' left tackle, who, despite being 35 years old, was an All-Pro in 2015, first team, and a pro bowler in 2016. He has been in Cincinnati his entire career, spent all 11 years with the Bengals, and played in all but eight games. According to Pro Football Focus, Whitworth allowed just four sacks last season. What a breath of fresh air that would be. Here's my two cents, though, on Whitworth. Just because he's available doesn't mean that he's really available. When you've got a 35-year-old guy settled in one place who's probably going to be sought after by that team, the stars would seem to be aligned for Whitworth to re-sign with Cincinnati. Whitworth is a mammoth of a man, 6'7", 335. Imagine that left side of the line with Boone and Whitworth. Bradford might not be able to see over that left side. But from all reports that I've read coming out of Cincinnati, and those are people who have a good pulse on the team, seems to me like Whitworth is not really going to be that attainable. Plus, at 35 years old, does Rick Spielman want to add a guy on the line who's not going to be a future piece? you think that you'd rather go after someone like Riley Reef who you're going to have for a while. With Whitworth, can't imagine them giving you more than a two-year deal. And then, sooner than later, you're stuck again looking for a solution. More attainable, I think, would be Kevin Zeitler, the Cincinnati guard. We'll talk about him more tomorrow. For now, this has been Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating. And it really helps if you could leave a five-star review. Really appreciate that. Also, check out Locked On Timberwolves with Zach Bennett.